0: And welcome back to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. I'm Sarah. I'm Melinda. And this is your favorite travel podcast in the whole wide world. And those random opening noises were brought to you by Sarah. Uh, they were not random. You were making whooshing noises. So I made the old Western movie duel song sound. (laughs) It made perfect sense in my head. When was I making whooshing sounds? I missed that part. When we did the sync, you went, did the clap, you made fun of me because I was delayed, and then you go, whoosh. It was in there. <laughs> okay, crazy pants. <laughs> and you're going to edit it out one way or the other, so I am not crazy, I swear. No, I know your mother. Okay, that is not fair. I am only 50% of her genetics. So... Uh... <laughs> Do we have cocktails of the week? Uh, we did until it took forever to get started and I drank all but a teeny tiny little bit of my juice. Ooh, it looks lumpy. Well, it's juice. It's got like, but, like fruit bits. What is it? It is pink dragon fruit, banana, guanabana, I have no idea what that is, and apple. I'm sorry, there's back guano in there, what? It says guanabana, whatever that is, but it's delicious and now it's gone. It looks more like a smoothie than anything. Yeah. It's a smoothie pink. I mean, I don't know why those Uh, words are in that order, but it's a smoothie pink. uh, yeah, I got nothing on that one. Um, I forgot to grab mine.
1: (laughs) After (laughs) all that
0: like I was thinking about it last night and I was thinking, Oh, I need to go put that in the fridge so it's nice and cold and I did not till this morning, so I don't know if it'd even be cold enough. Um What's wrong with having warm drinks? I do that pretty much every week. Because it's a beer. Yeah, you'll live. No, so uh, I will probably crack it open later on tonight, and then I'll tell you about it next week. <laughs> no, you won't. And hopefully remember <laughs> to put one of the other ones, because I did I did uh, show prep for that, if you remember from last week's episode. Show prep. Yeah, cocktail show prep. It's important, damn it. Next you're going to tell me that you study for tests, you weirdo. I don't take tests anymore, really. Well, I mean, my we whole can't life both is a so lucky. <laughs> um. Anyways, do we have any any weekly updates? Uh, my moose. You, your moose. Go you on, can't tell me eat more. Plastic, you dum dum. Nope. I bet, ma'am. Sit down. My update is that today a friend of mine sent me a link to what is. The single most important product of the 21st century, and I am—is it a fanny pack? It is a fanny pack. No, I, <laughs> and I ordered it immediately, and that is—you ordered it. Wait, you ordered a fanny pack? No, I was joking, you dork. Not everything is about oh, fanny packs. God, I was really hoping I was right. <laughs> Man, you just crushed my spirit. We literally talked about this 10 minutes ago. Um. Oh no, no. Now I'm just gonna wait. What were we talking about? I have no idea. I've I've got nothing. So my friend sent me a picture of a life jacket for dogs. And this one in particular is sparkly and metallic. And it is shaped like a mermaid's tail so that your dog can be a merdog. And I don't know where I'm going to take Moose swimming because I don't know where that's allowed here, but I'm gonna, and he's gonna be the cutest little aerial that there ever was. And I might have to get him a red wig. No promises, but like, probably. He doesn't even get to be King Triton. No! Nobody cares about Triton. It's all about Ariel. And then I can get Birdie a little crab costume and she can be Sebastian! I liked it better when this was the fanny pack. (laughs) That's because... That poor dog. Oh, poor nothing. He loves wearing clothing. Nope. Oh, but he does. I feel like that. Nope. At Christmas, I got him leg warmers. Yeah, how did that go? I'm eventually, just fine. The problem was is that eventually. they were slightly too small for him. Not in diameter or circumference, but in length. So it was really just like itty-bitty ankle warmers. But it was worth it. I am judging so much right now. Don't care. He's cute. That's all that matters. Good grief. That poor dog. And Allie has come to join me. So what is your update? I don't think I have one this time. Just been a lot of work. And working on the podcast. Is it? And trying to plan vacations. Is it because Allie isn't cute enough for you to buy her all kinds of cute costumes? Should we Should we feel bad for Allie? No, not at all, because that cat is spoiled. She has four toys that she brings around the house that we just call her babies. Four of them now. She has four babies she's magically adopted. <laughs> you know what? She's fine. Sometimes a cat needs a hobby, and yours is apparently babysitting. Yeah, she's been pawning them off on my cat to watch lately. Wow. That is not some she's good parenting. She's not the parenting. best mom, but she tries. So it's a good thing that they're stuffed animals and not real kittens. <laughs> when my sister's cat had kittens, nobody was home. And immediately my sister's cat picked up the kittens, opened a drawer in my sister's closet, put them in, and shut the door. <laughs> Bye, Felicias. <laughs> Bye and one of those kittens was stinker if that tells you anything oh my god that explains so much about that cat yes I adopted one of these kittens from my sister and she was sweet but she was just so so dumb like I'd come home and find her staring at a wall and I I never knew why she just stared at things like huh this is interesting and it was entertainment for hours apparently she was looking into the soul of the wall (laughs) oh stinker so, those were our updates. I think it's time for travel news. I'm excited because she would not tell me anything except that it, it gets worse. Uh-huh. So, travel news number one was a woman on a Qantas flight earlier this week. Boarded the plane, went to her seat, and when she got to her seat, what did she find? But a vomit. But a pair of discarded lacy underpants. Oh, who's some... taking off their underwear on the plane? I don't know, but how did no one notice? Like, they have to do, like, a quick check of the plane before they turn it around for its next flight, and nobody noticed that there was a pair of black underpants square in the middle of the seat. On the seat, not even on the floor. Nope, on the seat. Hmm. Ah, uh, was the staff, like, I don't ugh. So ugh. she called over a flight attendant and when the flight attendant got there, she said, um, "Could you possibly do something about the underpants on my seat?" And barehanded, the flight attendant—oh no—picked it up and walked away. It was hers. <laughs> Some of the flight attendants were having a little too much fun in the seats while waiting for the next flight to come in or to board. They nonchalantly forgot them. Do, 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 do yuck uh-huh. oh my god barehanded barehanded mm, mm-mm. yeah so that's story one if you think that's Good bad lord oh god yeah i'm scared now do you want to take any guesses is it clothing or bodily fluid related it's one of the two well yeah i'm gonna guess this is bodily fluid related now since we did the clothing part yeah yeah, okay. So there God. Okay, go. is a picture that is going around the internet of a man who luckily is seated by himself in his row. It's just him in his little section of seats. Because apparently this man did not feel the need to get up and use the bathroom. Aww. And he very intentionally whipped it out and peed in a little itty-bitty arc from his lap right into the back seat pocket. Why? Who knows? Oh, no. Get up, you lazy bums. Yeah. And I couldn't find any flight identification. Not that it matters. It's not the airline's fault that there's someone being gross on their plane. Gross and lazy. Gross and lazy. I, but I, yeah, the, that picture is out there. If you are inclined to see it. Of him just peeing? Yeah, You can't see anything. You just see, like, the little jet stream arcing up into the backseat pocket oh my god mm, nope and it reeks and they don't really like clean things when people vomit no and even if they could clean it like even if that was a thing they do thoroughly and regularly how do you clean that like there's no way to completely get that all out of the backseat pocket it's just not gonna happen I need not even know what airline this is, what row it is, <laughs> and what seat it is. And I will so never I don't fly sit there. that route again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, yuck. I know I've said in the past that I don't think it's necessary to wipe everything down with sanitizing wipes when you sit down because of germs. Like, you're never going to kill all the germs you come in contact with. It's futile. But the more you realize that there could be urine on stuff, I wouldn't mind sanitizing that away. That stuff's gross. So when they say that, like, the dirtiest thing in the airport are those security bins, it might actually be that seat pocket now. That one specific seat, yes. Yeah, that (laughs) one, like, the number one dirtiest thing is that one specific chair pocket. Yep. Then the security bins. Uh Uh-huh. Ooh, wait, maybe the seat that had the underwear (laughs) and then the security bins. I believe she said the flight attendant came back with, um hand sanitizer and wipe down her seat, but she, uh, I, I don't know. See, this is also another reason to preach like, why you want to wear, like, good sturdy clothing on a, <laughs> on a flight, you know? Yeah, no, not that I think there should be restrictions on what someone can wear, but I personally would not wear a skirt or shorts on a flight. That's a lot of skin Just, to ugh. who knows what contact. Uh, yeah, yeah, so... I don't know. Something to consider when uh, planning out your uh, your flight outfit. Yeah, people are gross. How much sometimes? How much skin is going to be exposed to other people's gross? Yeah, it makes you really rethink putting your hands into the seat back pocket. Oh, gross, just gross. You guys, please get up and use the uh, designated facilities. Yeah, it's a real thinker. Sure makes you think. Hmm. <laughs> so on that happy note, we should move on to this week's topic, which is not involving Travel urinating. Myths. <laughs> Travel Travel myths. myths. It's okay to pee on a plane. False. Uh it is okay no, in the is designated okay. areas. Exactly. In the designated pee receptacles. Um <laughs> uh, oh no god i don't want to touch anything like anywhere anymore i'm just done (laughs) well one plastic bubble please i think it might be time that we all come to terms with the fact that coming in contact with anything means you're probably coming in contact with pee and poop particles yay (laughs) (laughs) all right all right so this week we're talking travel myths um things that seem to be perpetuated around on the internet as being solid truths and which in all likelihood are not no but at some point it might have had some truth to it as some most rumors and whatnot but they've changed get over it oh i don't think that this is unique to travel but i think you say see it in travel in really interesting ways which is where people who came before you who think they're old pros passing on information that's outdated and it just doesn't get questioned. Like for instance, you must use a money belt or you can't go to these places or, you know, that kind of stuff. And there's so many people that pass this information on without guessing or second guessing or checking it that they just don't die. So today we're going to put some uh wooden stakes into some of the hearts of these rumors. That might be the most you phrasing of anything. <laughs> it just I've made ever me think heard. of what we do in the shadows for some reason. I love that movie. <laughs> Everything relates back to that movie for you. Or Hotel Transylvania where Drax says, Well yeah, who wouldn't that kill? Alrighty, so our first travel myth is booking flights on a Tuesday. We'll start at that point. Um, this might have been true until everybody knew to book travels. Book their flights on a Tuesday. Well, the version of this that I always hear is that you should do it at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. Except it doesn't take into consideration time zones. 2 a.m. on a Tuesday for whom? Like, 2 a.m. on a Tuesday for me is very different from 2 a.m. on a Tuesday for you. I don't know so much about 2 a.m., but I think there was some truth that, for some reason, Tuesdays were a slower travel day, so they had slightly better deals. But once everybody started trying to do this, it no longer was applicable. Yeah, I I don't necessarily know that it was ever really true. Personally, that has never been my experience. But it's certainly not true now. You're not going to find no. better deals on a Tuesday like than how, any other um, day of the week. They say it's cheaper to do round trip versus mul- multiple one-way tickets. Not always true. Yeah, you really have to try every possible combination. Yeah, and you have to try different flight paths too to figure out what is the best deal for you to get yeah play around with it lay out all of the possibilities and try them all i think oftentimes open jaw tickets are less expensive but that's not the default it's not like you can assume that without trying out different so, combos yeah, it's it's kind of a patience, plan ahead sort of thing at uh, the next myth on the list comes with a slight caveat. So there is a myth that exists, and I think it's intentionally perpetuated by airlines, saying that phones interfere with the navigation equipment on airplanes. That is not true. Presumably on a flight of 200 people, more than a couple people have forgotten to turn their phones off, whether they intend to or not. I was going to say forgotten might be loosely in quotes for some. Well, if you think about how many people have iPads that have wireless on them, and they're in their checked bags and cargo, or they Mm, have data on them. That's true. I never thought about that. There's no way to have every device turned off. It's just not going to actually happen. It's not as if your plane is going to crash into the sea because you forgot to put your iPad into airplane mode before you checked it. What it does- I'm pretty sure that's how Lost happened, so- (laughs) Um, Unless you've checked the smoke monster, you're probably fine. Oh, good call. What it does do, and I have verified this with two different pilots, is that you know sometimes when you have your phone too close to a radio and you hear that beep 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 thing Oh you get the feedback. Yeah, that the pilot can hear if you were close enough to the front of the plane. If you're all the way in the back, they're not hearing you. But that's why they tell you to turn it off, because if an entire flight of people left their devices on and it was just You're gonna constant, blow out their eardrums It's <laughs> a constant stream of that beep beep beep. Yeah, that's going to be irritating. But if you leave your phone on and forget to turn it off, one, it'll run down your battery because it'll be constantly looking for a signal. But like, it's not the end of the world if you don't. But for the eardrums of the pilots, you probably should put it in airplane mode. If you're in the back of the plane, it's you not... You probably should too, out of politeness and habit, just in case you'd like all of a sudden end up in the front. Well, I mean, you don't want to leave it on because you want to be able to to not have a dead battery because it will it'll go dead really quickly if it's constantly searching for a signal but if you want to send a goodbye text and you've just taken off eventually you'll lose your signal and your time will run out but for the first few minutes of takeoff it's not gonna do anything it's fine i just want to say that allie has crawled into the shark hut and she's napping in there right now and it's freaking cute (laughs) are you gonna take a picture for our instagram Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so cute. I think Moose is finally going into a treat coma because he can't quit, keep those eyes open. She looks so sassy, half sleepy too. <laughs> oh, she's cute. Okay. Anyways, um, so yeah. Phones with interference with navigation. Not entirely true, but there's some reasons that they ask you to put it in airplane mode. Correct. Next tip. Travel is always expensive. You must have millions to be able to travel, right? Totally. I'm a billionaire. That's how I do it. Oh, shit. I'm only a millionaire. Sorry. I'd share, but I mean, I left all my money and my will to the animals. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Uh, Travel is not expensive. Well, it can be, but travel is only expensive as expensive as you allow it to be, if that makes sense. Yep. So, if you want to have the really nice fancy hotels with all the amenities, if you want to fly first class, then yes, your travel overall total is going to be more than mine. Yeah, it's all it all depends on what your goal is. Cuz if you want to travel on dollars a day, you can do it. You just have to set your own rules and stick to them. Yeah, so it it doesn't have to be. It can be, but it's only going to be as expensive as you allow it to be. Yeah, there's no reason you have to do business class or five-star hotels or all-inclusives. That is all entirely up to you. You can do hostels and budget economy and, you know, eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. There are ways to... Unless you're Sarah. Yes, unless you're me, because that's disgusting. (laughs) It's just, it's all what you set your mind to and how you budget for yourself. Yep. So there's no preset, you must save up X amount of dollars. It's however you want to save and how much you want to save based on what you, what your comfort level is and what your style of travel is. So don't let anybody tell you you can't travel just because you aren't a billionaire like Sarah. Um, no, sorry, quick update, I'm up to being a trillionaire. Oh, shit, damn. I mean, inflation, money is worth more than it did a few minutes ago. (laughs) That's exactly how money works. I'm an accountant, I know these things. Oh, good lord. Um, Interest. Now you're just shouting money-related words at me. APR, CD, ACH, direct deposit. pounds, nickels, rupees, loonies and toonies oh you're not gonna make any money off of loonies and toonies don't tell them that that's mean (laughs) i mean invest invest in loonies anyways should we get to your favorite travel myth sarah oh it's my favorite because it is endlessly frustrating for me and that is that always bring your fanny pack always bring your fanny pack not everything is about fanny packs you weirdo can you do me a favor and get no. a tattoo that says all about them fanny packs? God, no, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> so there is an, just an undying rumor and travel myth that Europeans do not wear white tennis shoes and that if you wear them in public in Europe, you will be instantly marked as a foreigner and be an instant target for pickpockets. Guess what? That's not true. You cannot be identified by your footwear. That is not a thing. If anything, if you're not wearing whatever the fashionable footwear is, they might put money into your pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, I don't think that's a thing either. would be nice, though. <laughs> like, oh, God, your shoes are terrible. Take five dollars. You poor slob. Yeah, exactly. For starters, fashion is cyclical. What might have made you a mark as a tourist ten years ago is no longer true. White tennis shoes are insanely popular pretty much any everywhere. Like Especially in summertime. Yeah. It's like saying, Oh, you can't wear white tennis shoes and then having Stan Smith Adidas be the big thing. Well, no, you stand out more if you don't have white Adidas. It's like anywhere. When I was in middle school, having um the Skechers shoes. Mm-hmm. There's that one style, like that was like the cool shoe to have. And if you didn't have it, you weren't that cool or hip. So you had to have those shoes. I had the Skechers. Oh, I, totally I did had the not have the Superstars. Adidas. Yeah. Me neither. Oh, I wanted those so badly. Eventually, my mom relented and bought me a pair of Adidas that were on clearance. But what neither of us realized initially that was that they were men's shoes and I'd be like hanging out with my friends I'd be like oh I have the same shoes as the guys why do I have guys shoes but it took me a really long time to figure it out because your feet are ginormous ma'am I only wear two sizes bigger than you you dork I six and a half. Eight and a half. oh okay I thought you were a nine for some reason but okay in shoes that size small sometimes I'll be a nine but generally eight and a half Bigfoot over there regular yeah. Sasquatch But the point of this one is that fashion changes. And I think at the time when this was a big rumor was when dad shoes were first a thing and they were really just for dads. Wait, what are dad shoes? Like chunky soles, beefy. Like think of white tennis shoes in the 90s. Like, I feel like New Balance or like. Yeah, kind of like that. Sorry, I don't know. That's just me. But, um, but, like, the kind of shoes that dads would wear with cargo pants. Gotcha. But the thing to keep in mind is that this, were, this was time pre-internet. Now that we have the internet, we're pretty unified globally in terms of fashion. There's slight differences, but not differences to the scale that there was in the 90s so we're all pretty much wearing the same stuff if you spend too much time worrying about making sure you dress to blend in it's just kind of a waste of time because you probably already blend in well enough and the things that make you not blend in aren't your clothing it's when you speak in a different language or you're looking at giant maps or you if you're stepping into a a map (laughs) if you're stepping into a map and yeah pit pocket pick pockets don't pick you out because of what you're wearing they pick you out because you just came out of the eiffel tower or the louvre and you look hella lost yeah i mean if you're walking around with a foam headband shaped like the statue of liberty that makes you a tourist not what shoes you're wearing yeah so forget about it you're fine wear just your wear white shoes what you've got yeah i guess <sighs> Ah, the white shoes. Sorry, that one frustrates me so much because it does not go away no matter how much you try to tell them. No, really, like, your shoes are not an issue. Here's the thing. I don't wear white shoes because they're not going to stay clean. That's literally the only reason. Just wear whatever you've got. Uh, The next one we have is that countries with travel advisories are just too dangerous to visit. Never going to happen. False. I'm stamping a giant stamp that says false on top of this one. There's hand motion too, you guys chunk yeah. Stamped. Country with travel advisories is just ones that are giving you a heads up of what's going on there. It doesn't mean don't go here at all. It's just, hey, just so it's on your radar, this is what's up. Yeah, and the, tra- the countries that have travel advisories are not countries that day-to-day have problems necessarily. Some of them are, but for instance, Germany has a travel advisory against it. Why? Wow. Because there's a lot of World War II bombs being found everywhere? <laughs> uh, not in at least two months now. <laughs> <I> f- <laughs> it's like the workplace, like, we haven't had an accident since, like, 175 <laughs> days. Germany just yeah. has one of those when you, like, go through any airport. Did you see the one they detonated in Frankfurt, I think? No. They They had found it in a river. Oh, shit. And... They detonated it, and it was just like a giant fountain explosion. So yeah, Uh, that was fun. And oh, how the people laughed. Yes, Probably not. That's just scary. Travel advisories, like, they can issue them for nearly anything. Oh, wait, what's the one for Germany right now? Uh, It's just general heightened possibility of terror. But nearly every country in Europe has one of those on it. Huh. Okay. But, I mean, for instance... Germany was at a higher terror threat level than China was up until recently. And that's not to say China is dangerous either, but out of the countries that we have generally good relationships with, why would Germany be higher than China? Huh, interesting. And and for instance, Cuba is under a high travel advisory because they have a theory that Americans working at the embassy were being attacked with... a. God, what's the word for it? By an audio cannon that you can't hear but would make people dizzy and give them headaches, which sounds a little bit sci fi. So like a a dog whistle for people? Essentially. Like a sonic boom sort of thing. Can you hear those? Yeah, sonic booms you can hear. But I I was reading this going, I honestly cannot tell if this is cutting edge technology or this is propaganda. Yes. Yes. It's it's all of the above. It's both kind of like Area 51 where the joke is that they tell you everything so it doesn't freak you out because you think it's fake. Yeah. So travel advisories, while good and well, based on good intentions are a little bit suspect at times, like they have to disclose what they can, but it's not always substantiated, I guess is the best way of putting it. So if you're going somewhere, know if there is a travel advisory, what it is, maybe see if you can find some news articles to see how recent anything was. But I mean, unfortunately, it's kind of this day and age where everybody's kind of on high alert. Yeah. And when everyone's on high alert, all of these alerts have little to no meaning. Yeah. If everybody has it, it's just the norm. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and the thing is, is they have equally scary, if not more foreboding, travel alerts about coming to the U.S. So if everyone else has us at a top tier terror alert and they're at a level two, then, you know, it might be safer to not be here. So (laughs) problem solving. Just be aware. That's all. Yep. Doesn't mean no to that place. Just be aware what you could potentially be getting into. Agreed. Ooh, I like this next one. Um, the next one we have is that you should order currency from your bank to bring with you, or you should get traveler's checks. (laughs) Oh, traveler's checks. Oh my god. Traveler checks are god-awful. Nobody knows how to use them anymore, and I don't think I've seen anybody when we've been out and about in our different adventures use traveler checks. Can you even order them anymore? I think you can. She's looking it up now. Um, I am ordering currency from the bank to bring with you, as it might sound like a good idea. How are you going to know how much you are going to need for yeah, the whole it's trip? It's a hard thing to anticipate. Sometimes what you thought was only going to be like a twenty dollars taxi ride might be like two hundred dollars taxi ride. And if you have like everything planned down to the penny, you are going to be in big trouble. But a lot of banks and card holder companies. They won't charge you traveler fees anymore so much. I feel like a lot of them are getting a little bit more lax with that. Yeah, credit cards especially are really cashing in on traveling, so many of them will have no fees whatsoever. But do your due diligence up front and make sure that's true before you go. Know what your fees are first. Yeah, be certain of that. and know that you probably cannot negotiate your way out of them later. I've seen people in the past insist that they were going to cancel their credit card if their credit card issuer didn't return their fees for traveling. And that's not really how that works. Because it's just go, credit... okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you have a credit line of $15,000. Oh, no. Heaven forbid we lose your business. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Pretty much, yeah. They don't care. Nor should sure they have to, but uh, know what your fees are. If you are going to be charged fees, usually they're really not that bad. And you can use ATMs typically wherever you're at easily and pull out some cash as you need it just so you're avoiding those transaction fees. But some places are bigger about cards usage versus cash than others. Uh, and I hate to keep using Germany as an ex- as an example, but they do not super duper love credit cards here. Debit cards are fine in lots of instances, but not all. You just can't bank on cards being accepted. So if you find yourself in a situation where you need to pay for something, but they won't take a card, just hit up the nearest ATM. And it it kind of makes life a little bit easier, and you get to check out their cool dinero, which is always fun. Yeah, the thing about ordering currency is that your local bank probably doesn't have the currency already on hand. And so they have to special order it. So there's fees on top of just the exchange rate. And it tends to be more than just your ATM fee would be. Excuse me, excuse me, bank. Can I get some lira, please? <laughs> I would like $3,000 worth of lira. What's that? This is $30? Uh, What? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to order it ahead of time. Probably don't want traveler's checks because that's probably a tricky way to tie up your money while you're traveling abroad. Just figure out what your fees are going to be from your bank and, you know, plan from there. I googled traveler's checks and according to AAA, there's one whole paragraph about how they probably aren't a good idea because they're almost obsolete. I mean, I think that might be stretching it. I think they might just be obsolete now. But below that, it's why you might find them useful. One, you're going to a place where there are no ATMs. Where's that? Yeah, I'm sure such places exist. But so long as you're passing through an airport to get there, yeah. you will find an ATM. Hit up Two, airport ATMs. Grab a little bit of cash just so you're good, just in case. Yeah, get a tiny bit at the airport because their exchange rate will be really shitty. And then get the rest of what you need when you get further away from this the airport. Uh, the second thing they say is that if you're going someplace where safety is a big concern, it says if you're worried about credit card fraud, using plastic can be an unsavory option. I don't think that is true. Credit I'm worried. card. Okay, I have a question. If someone ends up pickpocketing you and they get their traveler checks, will they give them back? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ooh, never mind. Tap, tap, tap. Here, this is yours. I don't want this. You're just going to find them in a bush 10 feet down the road. Be <laughs> like, hey, those look like mine. Yeah, and number three, you want a fallback option. They just spent maybe... 300 words telling you why traveler's checks are not accepted anywhere because they're useless. And then they tell you, you want a fallback option. It's not a fallback option. Don't get traveler's checks. They are outdated. And as Melinda said, nobody knows what to do with them. Yeah. It, yeah. Just it sounds like a good way to tie up your money and make things a little more complicated than they need to be. Yep. So that was uh, currency. Yeah. Don't order it. Don't carry a ton of cash on you you'll be fine with plastic most of the time and most likely there's atms around yeah because not only not only do you potentially need cash but the people who live there might also need cash too yeah and there's definitely developing areas where it might be hard to find an atm but they get cash somehow you can get cash somehow too it might be challenging but it can be done another good uh travel myth is that Uh, younger people who are traveling, they're just running away from something. Uh, Yeah, from the ghosts in Pac-Man. That is why I'm always running. I knew it! I am, in fact, Miss (laughs) Pac-Man. Could you not tell from the bow I wear every day? The truth (laughs) is finally out there. And the fact I only eat cherries. And Tic Tacs. (sighs) Not everybody who is traveling is running away from something like I get it if like things aren't going that great at home or whatever and you want a break and a change of scenery you're t- traveling But I don't think you're necessarily running away from th- something something in you also says get out there be a part of the world see the world you yeah, know what and I there's mean? there's certainly people who do that I don't know that it's necessarily super successful because as they say wherever you go there you are I like, I've never heard that you've never heard that it's definitely a saying wherever okay. you go there you are it's no matter how hard you run you're still you and those damn mask man ghosts will go after you yeah but sometimes they turn blue and then you get to chase them but yeah no just because you're traveling you're not running away some people just want to see the world or eat everything that the world has to offer for food and people travel for different reasons and you can't just assume this is the only reason why people leave home yeah not everyone is on an eat pray love journey some of us are just on an eat journey journey. (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) this is why we're travel buddies you guys this is true i mean it works out quite well Especially since we've developed, I think, a new thought process on how to order food when we're abroad. But more about that after this. But yeah. That's don't... my tip. You can't take it. No, that's fine. I'm just going to tease it. <laughs> but don't assume people are running away. Just don't. Yeah. It's, I think it's a thing that older people like to project onto younger people. Especially since I think younger people are traveling more and more, it seems like. Hmm. Well, yeah. And When I first started traveling solo, people would say things like, oh, trying to escape your problems like no i'm trying to escape you if you're one of my problems then yes if you consider yourself a problem then yes (laughs) um there i think it is safe to say that there is a percentage of people traveling who do that but not everybody and it's a weird assumption to make that you know someone else's intentions And whether or not they're trying to run away from something is none of your damn business. Unless they, you know, share it with you. But like, don't worry about it. I had a client before my trip to New Zealand who would lean over and be like, so you're going to New Zealand, huh? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Got a little thing for the hobbits. I was like, you know, they're fictional, right? And that you know, I know they're fictional. There aren't hobbits in New Zealand? Uh, Well, I met one guy with hairy feet. He could have been part hobbit. Knew it. No, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know how these ideas of, like, why you're traveling pop into people's heads. Or just sort of the gall of people to assume they know. Yeah. So, yeah, then we come to our last item on the list. Which is probably more, too, but this is what we got for right now, because we don't want to bore you. Yeah, because if you want me to do a full episode just stream of consciousness talking about how much I hate people who say don't wear white shoes. I could absolutely fill a couple hours with that. But I feel like you don't want to hear that because I don't want to hear it. It's in my head and I still don't want to hear it. Uh, but another, another big, big one of a travel myth is, oh, it's fine. where you are going to everyone there speaks English. And more and more. So that is more true but there are still places in this world where English is not a priority. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a priority. The world does not have to revolve around English speakers. Yeah. I mean... But... You might encounter... Damn, cat was trying to claw up the carpet. She has this crashing post. She's just being a shithead. Anyways, more and more now, people... Like, you'll encounter people that know a little bit of English, but they're not going to be fluent in English necessarily. So you can't assume... That everyone you encounter while you're on your trip will speak English and be fine, it'll be great. Or not so much assume, I would say don't operate under the expectation that everyone should speak English. Because, I mean, we had no problems. Thus far in our trip, we've had one, (laughs) in our traveling history, we've had one country where we struggled to find English speakers. Moose. Moose. Thus far, of all the countries we've been to, which is a fair number at this point, China was the only country where we struggled to find people who spoke English. Yeah, that one was more of a language barrier, but we also did not go there expecting everybody's going to be able to easily communicate with us wherever we go. We knew it it was going to be a challenge, most places that we're going to. I would say be hopeful that there will be people who will speak English and be able to help you communicate, but don't under don't operate under the assumption that that will be the norm, and don't get frustrated with the people there that they can't help you because they don't understand. It's not their fault. Yeah, nothing frustrates me more than someone saying in a loud voice, "Do you speak English?" Yeah, talking louder and slower is not going to help anything. That happened to me a couple weeks ago. I was walking to my office, and a couple of tourists. Who I can only say spoke North American English. So that narrows it down pretty significantly, but I can't make an assumption which of those two countries that would be. Uh, but they go, Excuse me, where is the river? And I said, It's behind you. Oh, you speak English so well. Uh huh. Can I go now? <laughs> Because anybody you encounter in a different country is automatically going to be from that country as well. Yeah, so even if you're traveling to some place where there's a certain expectation where that English will be spoken because I think we're all well aware that lots and lots of countries start their children off speaking English at very young ages and they're very proficient at it, even if they don't have a lot of confidence in it um, they will meet you halfway and try to communicate, but they will meet you halfway. You've got to meet them the other 50%. So come prepared with Google Translate and maybe knowing a few phrases to help get you by because that'll earn you a great deal of goodwill. If you say thank you in their language, they will be more receptive and uh, possibly more helpful. Yeah. I mean, learning please and thank you in whatever country's language that you're going to, it it's a big deal. It, you know, it, it shows that you're trying. You may not be have. The pronunciation of everything downright, but being able to say thank you at an end of a transaction in their language, they seem to appreciate that a lot. Uh, I think the three key things to learn are please, thank you, and the most important of all, toilet. That's one of my favorites. It's important. Please, toilet, please, toilet, please, toilet, thank you. <laughs> 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 and once again, that's been Language Corner with Sarah. Hey, I mean, if someone came to me and said toilet, thank you. I would know exactly what they meant. That's true. And I would get a fun story to tell later. It's win-win. That's true. But yeah, those, those like please and thank you are big. Toilet is definitely super helpful, especially if you have a tiny bladder like I do. It's literally a thimble. I'm pretty sure it was replaced at some point with an actual thimble. Rude. (laughs) Oh, you know, I've had this opinion for quite a while. Oh, I do know that. Yes. I've I've been told it many a time. So those are the big travel myths that I think we see the most often. There are definitely others out there. If you have a particular favorite travel myth that you hear a lot and you want to share it with us, feel free to shoot us an email at C2Unknown because we like hearing this stuff. It entertains us. Yeah, we do. Tell me your travel stories and woes. Yeah. Or just general travel stories. If you got a really good travel story, hit us up. We want to hear it. Tell me about that one time someone just assumed you're running away from everything, or that one time you were confused for Miss Pac-Man. Either way, I think only <laughs> you have that story, Sarah. I don't know if anybody else does. Is it because I walk around going um 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 um? Yeah, you know I meant to tell you that like years ago, but you know what? You judge all you want, but that's how you say please, thank you, and toilet in Pac-Man. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to distinguish which parts which, but okay. Well that's because you don't speak it natively like I do. Mm, that must be it. <laughs> this episode has taken so many weird turns. They all do, let's be honest. So why, uh, hopefully why that's what? nothing. Hopefully that has shed some light on some travel myths and will stop perpetuating white shoes because Sarah might murder somebody over it. Oh she'll book a cruise specifically to murder on. <laughs> If you ever find out that I have booked a cruise, you should. the first question should be, who am I traveling with? Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> so I think that wraps up the main topic for this episode. Do you have a travel tip of the week, my friend? Sort of. That here's is the, the hesitating okay, sound here's... of someone who did not prepare. No, no, no. I don't know if it's so much of a travel tip, but I like... There's been a lot of posts about people asking for travel-related baby names. <laughs> the trolls were on point. Gold stars for you. But everybody else, just please no. I mean, just please no. Except I do like the idea of you like being named Chucknut instead of Sarah. That makes me laugh <laughs> so hard. Um, you guys have to think these things through. You know, how is your kid going to be made fun of for their name? If they're around assholes like me, um you know, just if you give them like a city or anything, when they go to that city, eventually they might get torn apart for having a stupid name. <laughs> or they might learn to resent the place that they're named after just because people are mean and will give you crap. Yeah. Uh, just quickly to clarify, because I don't think out of context what Melinda said, check it out. No. Shush. <laughs> Someone in a thread on a Facebook group asking about travel-related baby names said she was named after the place where her parents got married. And my parents were married at a place called Chuckanut Drive. Yes, as in Chuck-A-Nut. Which means if that were how my parents named me, I would be Chuckanut. Granted, so would my sister. We would both be Chuckanuts. No, no. One would be Chuckanut and the other would one would be like Drive. That would be ironic because I come second and I would be drive. And out of the two of us, I am the one who cannot drive. Oh, new name. No, I like checking up better. <laughs> yeah, I think people, I mean, as childless people, we can't really no, judge but- too terribly much. But don't name, at the very least, do not name your child something that in that language or the country where that language is spoken would not legally be allowed to be a name. Also, you probably shouldn't take name advice from people on the internet like that when they're telling you, oh, this word means this in this language. You should probably Google that. Yeah, my favorite comment was, you should name your baby Fernweh. It is the German word for Wanderlust. And I don't know if there's any hint in the way that was pronounced, but Wanderlust is a German word already. Wanderlust is German for Wanderlust. Fernweh is something else. So if they can't tell you what it actually means accurately, don't trust them. Don't name your baby that. And there was people chiming in from courthouses that's like, look, you might think this unique baby name is great, but I process a lot of paperwork for name changes. (laughs) So just... Just keep that in mind. Just use some good judgment when you're naming your kid. And there's so many names or city names or location names that are actual names that people use. So maybe use one of those and not a random word that someone made up that is the combination of multiple currencies strung together. I'm going to name your baby Lyra. Actually, that wouldn't be a bad name. Lyra is a perfectly acceptable name. Yeah. But, like, some people are like, hey, you're going to try and name your kid after, like, the shadiest area. So just do some research. Put good thought in it. This kid has to live with this name for the rest of their life until they can afford to change it. Yeah, I can totally get wanting to put something a little international... Flare into a name, but that is what middle names are for. I was gonna say, maybe a middle name. <laughs> there was one person who recommended that they name their baby Seattle Sky or Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly, <laughs> sure. Sky, yeah, I guess. But those combinations, no. What if it's Beverly Sky? Sure. Maybe if I have kids, their middle name's gonna have to be Piroshki Piroshki. <laughs> they each get piroshki so together they're piroshki (gasps) piroshki yeah let the bad ideas ensue (laughs) i would only post something like that on the internet just to give myself a good laugh yeah i mm, just use good judgment you guys please the one that really blew my mind was when someone said you should name one kid denali and the other mckinley one we do not call it mckinley anymore that is not what it's called it is denali and if you know that Denali is the same thing as McKinley, you should know well enough that we don't call it McKinley anymore. So stop. Don't do that. Do not name your children after colonizers for the love of God. Name your child Chuckanut. Yes, Chuckanut. That maybe not drive, the Chuckanut. Or maybe your parents got married out on the coast at Cape Disappointment. You could always name a kid <laughs> Disappointment. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. <laughs> The funny thing is, is when she posted that, my first thought was, was were my parents married at Chuckanut or Disappointment? Like, I really hope it's Chuckanut. That is the lesser of two evils here. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, we digress. Your tip of the week? My tip of the week is uh, admittedly something I've just co-opted from Rick Steves. Which apparently is the trend recently. My last suggestion was also a Rick Steves thing. I mean, Rick Steves, got's the knows-how. He knows his stuff. You can't deny it. Um,
1: It's the glasses
0: that holds all his wisdom. (laughs) If he loses them, he's just just, He's just a regular guy. So um, his suggestion was that when you're traveling, you need to be a little bit more adventurous in what you eat. Eat like a local. And to do that what he suggested is if you're traveling with a buddy and you go to a restaurant pick food that falls so share food with your partner eat family style and order one dish that is a safe bet you can't go too terribly wrong with a pizza or a hamburger not necessarily that like generic and standard but something you have pretty good faith that you will both enjoy and one item that is high risk It is localized, it's a little unusual, and you might not love it, but at least you can say you tried it, and then you split the food and you each get a little bit of each thing. And if you decide that your high-risk menu item was a little bit too risky and it was not your thing at all, well, you still have this other dish to fall back on that you can split. You're not going to go hungry, you might get a little less than you thought you were going to get, but... You can say you tried it, you have an interesting story to tell, but you're still getting yourself fed for the day. And I think that is something we're going to have to try out on our next trip. Agreed, definitely. And then, or like, maybe you need a baby step on how to be more adventurous with eating. Find an appetizer that sounds interesting and give that a try. And maybe go with, like, the safer meals. Split an appetizer that's a little out there if you need to baby step this. And maybe you find something that you actually really, really love, and maybe you immediately go back to your hotel and wash the smell out of your hair. Who knows? It's uh it's, it's an, an adventure. <laughs> but so yeah, try I some can't, stuff. I can't wait to put this in motion. And if it works in the first city we go to, we're just going to have to repeat it in the next one and keep repeating it because I think that's how you find stuff you like. So you expand your boundaries, your borders a little bit, bit by bit, until you've got lots of things you like. And sometimes this is how you get Sarah to eat sandwiches with you. No. Don't say no (laughs) if you haven't done this. You literally are awful. You literally tell me I only eat sandwiches when I'm with you. And I laugh. Totally. I don't eat sandwiches otherwise. This is also a good way to like, if you kind of get like a dessert shop, you can try multiple things if you're splitting it with someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of have this food method with one of my good friends. Her and I have similar tastes, so we'll be looking at things and it's like, oh, yours sounds good too. And it's like, okay, what if we got this and this and we split them? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to need you to back up a little bit. You have other fronts? Like two others. (laughs) Okay, that checks out. (laughs) If you had said three, I would have put my foot down. Oh, but like, wait. Look here, lady. Wait, if Mike counts, then it's totally three. No, he doesn't count. Oh, oh, sorry. It's a different kind of friendship. Yeah, but it's still a friendship too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah so when you travel it helps if you both can be adventurous eaters or if you both have similar food tastes so then you can eat more of the items on the menu get someone who shares food unlike joey find your jack sprat joey doesn't share food jack sprat can eat no fat that's kind of boring too yeah but his wife can eat the lean or can't eat lean like you know what i mean find someone who's the yin to your yang and try shit (laughs) And hope they're better at nursery rhymes. You know what? No, it's a what? moo point. It's like a cow, it's moo. Okay. Anyways, I think that wraps everything up for us this time. Agreed. The cat's crying too already. She probably has one of her stuffed toys. Both of my animals are in treat comas. Oh, that's delightful. But uh, join us next week for more travel stiffs and off topic stiffs. Because that's what we do really well. Oh, and keep tuning in because soon we may have a special guest. Our first special guest. It's exciting. It is exciting. And Allie just brought down one of her stuffed babies. I like to imagine that they are actually like stuffed baby dolls. And she has a weird idea she's a human mom. That sounds worse than if she was a real cat mom. It's certainly weirder. Especially if you picture it with like those old porcelain doll heads she's a tiny cat she can't carry that in her mouth she could try and that would make it creepier but yes uh join us next week and hopefully coming soon we will have a special guest to also talk travel with us yeah so that'll be exciting keep tuning in and uh we'll keep putting more stuff out sorry not sorry yeah i don't know Uh (laughs) also remember it's an adventure so try that weird food wear your white shoes if you want to do both simultaneously Ooh, just don't drop it on your shoes yeah because then they get dirty do you think we've rambled enough at the end of this one bye okay bye (laughs) is that is the show over hi everybody thank you for listening to another episode of seattle to unknown If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O-Unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at S-A-R underscore S, and Melinda is on both as at HooliganMonster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye!